The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, hoop ballers, and welcome to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS today. I am your host, Santino Cocone, and I am joined here the day after Christmas by the one and only Aaron Asmus. Aaron, how you doing today? How was your holidays? Uh, how'd you do last night? Did you have fun watching those games? I, I actually, I love how you get basketball right after basketball, right after basketball, right after basketball, and not have to really miss anything, maybe first couple minutes of one game, um, but I, I, I love those days like that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just not a better basketball slate on the entire year, in my opinion. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, if Paul Millsap and Michael Porter Jr. would have played the last 18 minutes of the game, I would have been quite a bit more uh, cheerful, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it was just... I wish, and the games the games weren't as entertaining as I had hoped uh, this year, but still, you know, you could, basketball on Christmas. I don't, I don't think you could beat it. Yeah, it's uh, one of those games days where you have the marquee matchups, but all five of them were double digit point leads for most of the game. Uh, the the, the li- closest game turned out to be the last two, kind of, because they started making comebacks at the end, but then. Right. It, it never really materialized into the single digits, so it was it was one of those days. You're you're right, um, but here we are. We're, we're recording this one actually Saturday morning. We took the we took our Christmas day off. We took the holiday off. We didn't want to do it early. Um, have to study the slate and do all that stuff during Christmas when we were with family or whatever we were doing. So we figured we'll just do it in the morning, send it out to you guys, um, and then go from there. And I think this is going to – I think it works out a little bit better. We got somewhat of a a little bit more news. We have a little bit more clarity. Obviously, things are going to change anyway. Uh, But we have a showdown slate that we're going to touch quick and then the main slate uh, that we're going to touch here. Um, And are you excited for for this, another big basketball day? Yeah, man. Like I – I've – I've kind of been in football football mode for the last couple of months, and best part about basketball is even though I had a really disappointing slate last night, you know we we get to get right back to it and new slate, new challenges to tackle. So I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah, me me as well. Um, and before we get into it, let me I want to talk about one of our presenting sponsors. Who uh, today is the last day of the six day free giveaway, and if you didn't get in on it. Uh, what are you doing, guys? And this is at mybookie.ag. <clears throat> it's our we, – we love these guys. I, I was playing it last night. Last night we had a uh, free NBA bet. Today we have a free college football bet. Um, so if, if this is the last one we got for the Christmas six days of free Christmas giveaway, uh, and right now is time to get some skin in the game with mybookie. Uh, we're odds boost, lightning deals, free bets. As I mentioned, they wait all season long, guys, and, and – the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. We know who most of these teams are. Uh, we know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find the values in the lines. Uh, whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. 
they also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close. So you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Uh, so make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code HOOPBALL, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200 they'll match you with another 100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. Uh, so it's winning season at my bookie. Come and join the fun and cash while you're at it. And I personally like this one. Uh, I did I did pretty well on my, my Christmas bets. I hit, I think, six of seven. So I'm getting getting ready back into the basketball mode. And if you're a DFS guy and you like gambling, uh, obviously they, they're kind of correlated here. Yeah, but, I think especially in um, player props, which are significantly less sharp than you know the money lines and the over over under totals, um, and it's a lot of the same research that you're doing for DFS. You know, looking for kind of the edges and in just the individual players and you know who's in a really great matchup, that sort of thing. Um, you can kind of apply that to player props, where you know they. It's pro- I think is, in my opinion, the easiest sports betting uh, mode uh, to to potentially beat and make make some easier money. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's that's pretty 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 good exp- explanation there because that's what we're seeing there. Um, but yeah, before we get into this main slate, I believe is nine games. Let's get right into this. Uh, the showdown slate. We'll do it pretty quickly. Not everybody plays showdown. I per- I would if I have the chance for showdown in a main slate, I'm going to go main slate every day. Uh, but unfortunately, the weird thing about it is the showdown slate is probably the most fun game on TV. Uh, so let's get into that. We have the captain spot, which you know you pay one and a half times the amount of your the normal salary, but you also get one and a half times the fantasy points of your normal. Fantasy points, I guess. Um, but looking at the captain spot and looking at how much pricing you have here, who in this game sticks out for you? This is the Atlanta versus Memphis game that I should have should have mentioned. The Hawks are plus two and a half favorites uh, on the road, and the over under is two thirty seven and a half, a whopping two thirty seven and a half, uh, which would be by nearly ten points the highest or eight points the highest over under on the the slate total. Uh, so that's why this game is going to be. Pretty fun one, um, but how, who are you looking here? Do you do you have to start with Trey Young or Ja? Yeah, I mean, the, both of these teams were, looked really impressive in their season season openers, and um, we we actually had this had this game during the preseason. It was one of the last preseason games um, we covered, and it was we kind of said, "Hey, you know, these are two really exciting young offensive teams." They, they have you know two of the better young point guards in the game. They want to push the pace. They want to score a lot of points. And I, I don't see this being any different here in this game. Um, you know, John Morant was particularly impressive in that opening game, and I, he gives you a little price discount off Trey. You know, about around six hundred dollars, which I think you can really make effective use of. So if you're deciding between the two, I think I would lean John Morant. In your captain spot, yeah, and I forgot to mention that there's a lot of injuries right before um, we get a little more into this. There's a lot of injuries on this particular game here. Uh, we have Clint Capella is doubtful. Danilo Gallinari also doubtful. 
Rondo, Onyeki, uh, Okungwo, uh, Chris Dunn all out, and Brandon Goodwin questionable. Tony Snell also out. On the Grizzlies, we have Jaron Jackson Jr., Justin Win- Justice Winslow, Xavier Tillman, Killian Tilly, and Jonte Porter all out. So that's that's some pretty big shifts there. Uh, with Gallinari and Clint Capella both out and Okungwu, that's most of their front court depth. So they're probably gonna uh, definitely or they're most they're definitely going to be shifting DeAndre Hunter at the four. He started last game, uh, but he's going to be getting more minutes here. They're going to be playing Cam Reddish at the three. Uh, yeah, I, I think, like you, you said, Trey and Ja, they're going to be scoring the most fantasy points here. They have great matchups. This is going to be a fast-paced game. They're going against each other. None, neither of them are particularly sound defensive players this early in their career. Right. Um, so you're going to get a very hefty amount of, of fantasy points here, and it all depends on uh, where your money lies. It, can you spend up that $900 extra to get Trey Young, or do you like your lineup less with Ja? I'm fine with either of them, and I think they're both going to have pretty good games. And like you said, I think Trey is going to be owned more, um, but most people are going to have both of them. At whether it, it just depends on which one you want in your captain. Um, I probably would lean Trey, but depending on how my, my dollars and cents shake out later on, I don't mind switching that up. But I'll have to have shares of both of them in this in this fast paced matchup. Yeah, I, I I think that's the way to play it. You know, if you're said, hey, I'm building five five tournament teams for this slate. You know, maybe you do two with Jaw, two with Trey, and maybe one with you know John maybe John Collins at the center, something along those lines would kind of be how I would just distribute the captain ownership. Yeah, and I think there's, with all these questionables and, and doubtfuls on the Atlanta side, um, all those guys that we came into the season, the the Cam Reddishes, the DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Huerter, um, Bogdanovich, all these guys that are Gallinari even, even though he's not playing, but all these guys that are meshed into how much, how many minutes can they see with all these bodies here. Uh, when you knock out two of those guys and then your backup, your main backup center they are looking a lot more appealing to me. Uh, I am a big fan of Cam Reddish. I think he's a really good basketball player. He's starting at the small forward position, uh, but without Gallinari there, and and now um, Collins moving over to the five primary for the most part of this game, I don't think he's going to play any four just because they don't have any big bodies uh, besides him and, and Fernando pretty much. Um, so, yeah, that, that means his his role's a bit safer there. He can even slide down to the four if needed or play the two. So uh, he he's a guy that I like. DeAndre Hunter, we just mentioned, he's going to start at the four. I think he's better as a uh, a small ball four than than a, a small forward. So I don't mind him at 54, but I'd go Cam. Uh, there's Horder, Bogdanovich. They're all lower owned. Uh, Kyle Anderson's going to get a ton of run in this game as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many options here that – we can definitely get John Trey in there, and and possibly uh, one of Jay Val and Jay Collins or John Collins as well. So I think it, it's just a matter of um, how many you can get. Yeah, I'm. I just I kind of wish this game was on the main slate. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I'd be so loading up on it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think Jonas Valanciunas is just an absolutely incredible play, as you said. You know, John Collins is probably going to have to play almost all of his minutes at the five and that's just a a huge weight size advantage uh, that J Val has over him. 
and you know this guy he's just he's just born to for a two fantasy point per minute role you know in these kind of spots where you know his upside is just as good as anyone in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, what I like to do in in these particular slates, um, this one might be a little different because the the blow up potential here in, in them. But I like to go with a lower guy, like a uh, throw a Cam Reddish in my captain spot, and then load up on Trey, Ja, Collins, and and Jay Valen, and have a stacked lineup. But again, the the blow up potential in this game might give me a little bit of pause to do that. Um. But yeah, I'm with you. I wish this game was on the main slate, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's just such a juicy game that we're going to be missing out on. Uh, I, I know personally, I'm not a huge fan of the the showdown slates, especially when we have a regular slate on there. Uh, so I, I'm I'm a little bummed as as well. Yeah, um, and kind of just looking at different roster construction a little more, you know, I think. You probably want to just you probably want to extend to four captains. You know, I think it definitely adds. Um, you can add some Jonas Valanciunas. You should add probably add some John Collins into the into your captain mm-hmm. as well, and just kind of rotate those four guys as all four. I think just have really tremendous upside in this spot. Yeah, and the lower you go, if you if you can get off of John and Trey, uh, you can fit more of those guys in there too. Uh, so that's that's where I usually lean. So um, this might be a little bit different, but yeah, I think I think you can go with any four of them and feel confident with all the value that you're getting in that game. <clears throat> Agreed. But let's get on to this main slate because I've been itching to talk about this main slate. Uh, we have. All, our first main slate together in the regular season. Um, I know I did one earlier with Mike. It was the 13-game the uh, marathon, but this is going to be a fun <laughs> one. <laughs> we got nine games. We can go a little bit more in depth, but we're trying to um, go quickly too because there, there's still a t- uh, quite a few amount of games. Uh, but let's start with this first one, man. We have the Thunder versus the Hornets. Uh, the spread in this one is... Plus two and a half OKC on the road, and the over under is two seventeen and a half, which is um, the second lowest over under total on the or the third lowest over under total on the the docket today. Uh, but that's still a pretty decent amount. But it, let's start with the the Thunder side. We have a couple people on the injury report, just Ty Jerome, and on on the Hornet side, we have Cody Zeller out for a while and Grant Riller out. Uh, he's doesn't really mean much, but um, where where are you looking at at OKC? I know we didn't even get a chance to see how they played in that first game because it got canceled. So this is their uh, de facto first game of the season, and we have we have three big guys and or two big guys in Shy and and Al Horford getting uh, a lot more looks here going up against no Cody Zeller. Uh, where are you looking at on the Thunder squad? Yeah, I I think. You know, this is a kind of a sneakily decent game. You know, despite the the game total, and you know, I don't think either team is going to be particularly all that good. Um, but there's definitely positions we can just really focus in on here. And um, we didn't get to play Shea in the first slate, and you know, he he still received you know a pretty big price price boost. You know, despite not even playing the game. But I'm I'm kind of glad he did because I'm hoping people are going to jump off him. But you know, there's. I, I think you just got to start with him at 8,300, and it's kind of the same thing we've been saying, 
all preseason and all season. And just the expectation for him is he's going to have one of the best usage and opportunity opportunities of just about anybody in the NBA. And just on the slate in particular, without Luka, without Giannis, without LeBron, and you know all these major stars, you know, there's I just don't see very many players on this slate that you know will have a better uh, just total control over the offense and you know who's gonna be able to put up just a massive usage number and just about as many minutes as he can handle so for me um, you know it's kind of been a broken drum all off season mm-hmm. but you know I think you got to start your te- your cash teams especially with uh, Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander yeah, and I like him too at, at 8,300. And you said it. We didn't get to see him play yet. So uh, the big performances of some other guys might sway some people, hopefully. Uh, so at 8,300 against the, the Hornets, who don't really play much defense, this is going to be uh, a, a good starting spot for him. And I, I also like Al Horford in this matchup. There's no Cody Zeller. Bismack Biombo is really slow and awkward a lot of times um mm-hmm. i think he'll grab some a good amount of rebounds and, and make for a, a decent option at his price tag but uh al horford should look like the old al horford from boston and and maybe not atlanta al horford but he should look uh pretty sly in this matchup and, and spry so i don't mind him at 61 of going up against this um Baisley is a guy who's gotten a lot of preseason hype, and this might be a decent matchup for him. But I want to I want to see it in action first, uh, and then the only other person I would look at on this slate, or two, if if you wanted to take a a deep GPP uh, punt play, Louis uh, Dort, or I'm going to try it. I keep trying <laughs> that. Uh, Pakasvecki, who I really like. I don't know how. I want to see his minutes shake out. Uh, but those two guys are people I'd be looking at at pretty much minimum salary, close to minimum salary. Uh, if you're doing doing a GPP pump play type of thing. Yeah, you know, I think both of those calls are. You know, I would say, or you know, the way I, the way I get around the name is I just call him Poku. That's kind of his, <laughs> kind of kind of I like his it. name. But I, I would I think I would save him for just larger field GPP stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But you know he he did show an upside during the preseason and just kind of his profile as a player looks pretty exciting. You know he's probably not going to be very good for a, a a year or two, but you know that doesn't really necessarily matter for fantasy. So I I I like a play like that. You know that's going to be under one percent owned, and you know that's. The, the kind of play if you're playing those big you know ten thousand plus person fields you know that's you know occasionally getting off getting way off the board like that i i think is you know not not the worst thing in the world um one play i did want to mention though is uh, you know that i think is going to be one of the better values on the slate and you know we're definitely hurting for value for the most part is george hill at 3400 mm-hmm. you know I, I think he's project probably projected to start in this game and you know the hornets are defense especially particularly on the wings and or pretty much anywhere really um is very likely to be atrocious and you know if we get george hill you know 28 to 30 minutes as the secondary ball handler behind shea and there's just not a lot of people on this team who are going to take shots or you know have you know the playmaking opportunity and Shea, he he might try, but you know he's not going to be able to to 
take every shot on this team. <laughs> so, you know, I I think George Hill is squarely in that conversation for one of the better values. Yeah, and I like him too. I think that's a really good call. And I mentioned Dort. I think Hill is safer than Dort. Uh, Dort is more yep. like a, a wild card type play. So uh, I like I like a cash game guy, and I think Hill. You mentioned it. I think that was a great call. Yeah, I I think Dort is one of those. I think that's kind of just like a direct leverage off you know Hill. You know, if you know, I I think Dort kind of has that. I don't know if he has an upside necessarily, but. You know, you're, you're going to get. <laughs> I don't him, know either. You know, five. You know, five to six times less ownership over George Hill in tournaments. So I would like something along those lines. Yeah, that's not bad. Direct leverage. And how about uh, this Charlotte side, man? How how do you feel about here? We saw Gordon Hayward go back to that Gordon Hayward we saw in Utah, where he was just the man on offense. Uh, Terry Rozier had a career game. De- Devonte Graham had ten assists, even though he shot the ball very poorly um lamello ball did nothing and then cody zeller got hurt so so where are you 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 looking at on this team against the okc thunder who just don't look any good this year yeah you know i i gotta start with my boy pj washington um i didn't know i was sneakily a, a charlotte hornets fan but you know i think I'm, i might be this year <laughs> and especially if pj washington is I think he's going to get quite a few minutes at the five going forward. Um, I don't, he might not start there. You know, it might be a situation where Biombo plays the first rotation and then he doesn't see the court the rest of the half, kind of like maybe like the JaVale McGee rotation, so to speak. But, um, you know, I think this offense can be really good, especially if you put with PJ Washington at the five. And they'll be able to really push the pace and at just 5K. You know, he'll have a really expanded rebounding opportunity. Um, and I think he has a pre- pretty good mismatch here where, you know, Horford Horford is a really good defender. But, you know, if you're extending Horford out to the three-point line and expecting him to stay with a, you know, a younger athletic P.J. Washington, I think that's definitely a tough cover for him. And then Baisley just doesn't have the size to deal with him at the four. So no matter where you put him, I think what P.J. has a really – good spot uh defensively and you know i think he'll have every opportunity especially with cody zeller out and you know i i think that this team is going to really want to see see him at the five yeah and I, I i like him too i think that's a good call uh i don't mind biombo just because it's 3600 i think he's very like i mentioned before awkward um kind of goofy on the basketball court but at 3600 this guy could double double and that's not a bad play for me uh, so that's easy like under 3k you're looking for if you can get me 20 23 points uh even though he looks terrible doing it that's that's fine with me uh, but I, I do like some pj washington at five this is a very good matchup for him uh he either whether he's playing the four or the five i think this is a good matchup for him um mixed up you, you mentioned his advantage against al horford who's a little bit older i think he still ha- he has an advantage against Baisley too who's a little bit uh not he, he's athletic but i think pj washington is a slightly bit faster off the off the dribble than him um and the other guy that i look on here is again gordon hayward at 7300 we're creeping closer to what he should be uh priced at last game yeah, what he was only i believe 6k or or roughly around there which was just a laughable but now we're getting closer to where he's priced at i still don't think he's priced accordingly i think very soon he's going to be in the eight 
to eight and a half K range. And that's more accordingly to him. Uh, so at seven, three, I still think we're getting a slight discount with him, especially in this. This is another great matchup for him. Um, when he gets past eight K, then I'll be a little bit more hesitant. But right now at seven, three, I think that's very good for him. Rosier is only 300 less and he's not putting up 40 points anytime again. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think Hayward is basically just going to be older Utah version of Hayward. You know, and that that level of playmaker and just you know ball you know ball control wing is probably as you said probably closer to a mid eight k player than uh, you know a mid seven seven k player. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing to watch with these guards is Melo really struggled in the opener, and he didn't. He only played sixteen minutes, um, but if Melo plays well, I think that's just going to directly eat into one of Rozier or Graham. So yep. while I think all three are probably going to be in play for tournaments, um, especially if they're priced effectively uh, or efficiently, rather, you know, going forward, I I think there's definitely going to be some volatility in any projection with them. As I my t- lean is, they're going to just kind of play a hot hand approach, and if Mel is playing well, they'll want to get him to thirty minutes. If he's struggling, you know, they'll, they'll lean it more on Graham and Rozier to take bigger minutes. Yeah, and I agree with that. And that's why I, I don't think Melo is going to play that terribly every game. I, I don't believe in his jump shot yet. Um, I've been saying I'm not I'm not really a believer in him. But Terry Rozier is also not going to be putting up 40 points and, and again like that. So uh, those minutes should be coming down as well when Lamelo plays better um so i think they're all they all pretty much chop each other up and then you have gordon hayward who's going to be a point forward pretty much also so um it kind of caps a lot these guys are hit or miss in every any particular game but gordon hayward is the only one that you can count on game in and game out right for for me um yeah let's go on to this next game let's try and uh see if we can see if we can do it a little bit quicker another game of Teams that should be fantasy friendly and not very good at basketball as well uh, in in the standings. So let's see how this one wait, uh, shakes out. But we have the Cavs against the Detroit Pistons. Um, on the Cleveland side, we have Deladova out, Porter Jr. out, uh, Dylan Windler out, Kevin Love and Dante Exum both questionable. And for the Pistons right now, we have Saban Lee out. Um, so... Where do we? We'll start with the Cavs. I really like Drummond in that first game, and he put up fourteen and fourteen, but didn't look like he was giving everything he, he had had there. But uh, in this game, he gets another very good matchup. He'll go up against Plumlee and and the Pistons. But the Pistons kind of like to play the slow slow play the game down there. Um, on the the betting side, we have this game at uh, plus two and the lowest over under or plus two for the Cavs and the lowest over under at 213 and a half of the night. Uh, does that scare you away with the way that the Pistons kind of slow down the tempo and the, and the Cavs don't really, they try and push it, but uh, they don't necessarily want to every possession. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think this is a game we can definitely um, on a nine game slate, you know, we can, if we wanted to really search for plays, we could, but I think it's also really viable to say, hey, you know, this is a nine-game slate. You know, maybe if you're looking for some lower-owned tournament plays, but you know, there's some really good game environments um, that we can, that we can attack, and you know, higher higher total games, 
and um, there's just kind of not a lot here. You know, I I think the one note I do have on this game is Cleveland dating back to last season and last March. They've been really working towards a condensed rotation and just really leaning into you know their main four, you know five five or six guys, and especially if Kevin loves out. Um, I think all these guys still remain in playing tournaments despite being more efficiently priced. Um, I think the one guy for cash I am I do have in my pool is going to be Darius Garland at 5,600. Um, the team just seems to want to really trust Sexton and Garland to run the offense and kind of trial by fire sort of basis and um, if they're going to keep the con- the rotation condenses they have, you know that's I, I think that's just too cheap for a lead ball handler in a good defensive matchup against a. I I think it's going to be a poor, pretty poor defensive team for just fifty six hundred. Yeah, and, and I don't mind him either. I, I like that that price tag for him. It went up a little bit, just like as you mentioned, many people did. Drummond went up nearly a thousand. Uh, we had Sexton go up a thousand. Nance Jr. went up. Uh, Garland went up himself, but without you mentioned it, without Kevin Love, who's probably not going to play in this one, and Kevin Por- Porter Jr., who is their main scorer off the bench, and uh, he directly cuts into a little bit of Garland and Sexton. Without those two guys and taking touches and whatnot, uh, there's not much to go around after the the Sextons and Garlands. Drummond just finds his own shot. Uh, Nance Jr. is not a shot creator. Osmond, none of them are shot creators. So I don't mind 5,600 for uh, Garland here either. I don't think I'm going to pay up for the other guys who are more priced accordingly now. Uh, so yep. that's that's not bad on this team. Um, but again, this is a low over-under, so I'm not going to have too much exposure if I want it. Like you mentioned, I want to go where I can find some value and not guys who uh, are priced more accordingly. So I, I like Garland here as well. Yeah, and on the Detroit side, again, you know, I, I think you could play Jeremy Grant or uh, Jeremy Grant, excuse me, um, at just fifty two hundred, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think the his just his minutes are going to be secure, just pure, kind of barely based on the contract, but just his player profile is. One, especially on the offensive end, is very inconsistent, and there's just better game environments to attack. Um, so I, I'm I'm not looking too heavily into this game outside of a few of the Cavs guys. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm close there too. I don't I don't want any really of Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose. Grant is not bad, but I want to see more out of him as they want him to be one of the main scorers, and I don't, just don't know if that meshes well with him. Um, Killian Hayes, I'll pass up. Plumlee, I like, but this matchup is a little tough for him. Andre Drummond is just a monster of of an individual. Um, but the guy, one guy that I'm looking at here is Josh Jackson at 4,500. This guy is, he's probably the number one scorer on this team, and that might be a hot take or whatever you want to call it. But I'm looking at here, he's, especially on the second unit, he's definitely the number one option. And if he moved into the starting lineup, uh, in a little bit of an older Blake Griffin, an older Derrick Rose who are coming off injuries, uh, I don't see anybody who wants to take as many shots as this guy and is willing to take as many shots as this guy. Um, he, from to me, 4,500 is not bad, especially against an opponent like the Cavs. Uh, but the only thing about it is this game is going to be a little bit slowed down. Like we mentioned, it's the lowest over-under on the night. So that's why I'm 
I, I only want people who are cheaper than um, – or a lot cheaper than they are. But Josh Jackson, he's going to be getting the minutes on a team that's uh, devoid of primary scorers. So that's, he, he would be the guy that I'm looking at over here. Yeah, um, I think that's a good call. You know, I, I think you almost want to keep him on the bench and kind of away from you know, yeah. the minutes, try to get him separated from Blake Griffin and um, Jer- uh, and Grant in the starting lineup and you know just keep him in a role where he can just chuck to his heart's content. And he can chuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, man, let's get on to this, this next game. We have the Orlando Magic at the Washington Wizards. And the Magic are two-point underdogs. Uh, The over-under is, now we're getting back up there at 231.5. We saw, we don't have news on what is going to happen with Bertans or uh, Westbrook at the moment. Um, So that's something that we definitely have to keep an eye on. If Westbrook sits, he, he was, we were told that he's probably, or he's likely to sit one of the back to backs for this whole season. Um, It seems like Scott Brooks might already be changing his mind on that. But if he didn't, and if he's still sticking out of that plan, that means today or tomorrow Westbrook will be sitting. We don't have official confirmation on which day it is. That is going to change a lot when we get to the the Wizards here, uh, knowing if he's in or out. But um, let's go to the injury report really quickly. We have on the Magic the same three people. James Ennis out, Al Farouk Amino out, Jonathan Isaac out, Wizards. uh, Same guys here. We have Rui out, Garrison Matthews out, Cassius Winston out. Uh, Let's start with the Magic side of the ball. Um, Can you pay 9100 for Vus on this slate? Uh, How about an Eric or Aaron Gordon who's moving up at 6900? Everybody else is... Getting going up a slightly bit here, just because of after that one game, we're, we're getting closer to where people are valued. Yeah, um, yeah, I think just kind of a overall trend for this slate is DraftKings was pretty aggressive after the first game with <laughs> you know guys guys who played well or you know teams that are going to a kind of a a pace up spot. Um, so it's as I, as I said at the beginning, beginning of the slate, you know we're going to be hurting for value a little bit. Or a lot of it on on this slate, but yeah, you know uh, Vucevic. I wrote Vucevic up as kind of um, just one of the better tournament pivots on the slate, and the Wizards just for years now just have not been able to stop uh, really skilled and big offensive centers, and Vucevic is. I think he certainly falls into that category, and over. I, just particularly last year, you know, he just really torched the Wizards over three games where you know, he had 26 points per game, 12.7 rebounds, 3.3 assists, one one steal, and uh, nearly one block in just 30 minutes on 57% shooting. So especially if the Wizards can keep this a little more competitive and you can maybe boost that boost those minutes into the 34, 35 range. Um, there's, I, I don't see, you know, I think Vooch ends up being one of the better point per dollar plays on the slate, honestly. And, you know, there's, there's just not an answer for him on this Wizards team. So um, he's one of my build arounds in tournaments in single entry three max for me today. And I don't think I'll be able to fit him in, in cash games because of uh, a couple guys on Houston and Shea Gilgis-Alexander Gilgis and um, a few of these other guys. But 
Um, I, I think he's just an awesome, awesome play. Yeah, and I, I like Vuce too for all the reasons you mentioned, and I think you hit it perfectly. Uh, for purposes of time, I, I don't think I have to expand on that. I think you, you did a great job there. Uh, if I have to throw in one more guy on Orlando because I, this is going to be a high-scoring game, um, it's Aaron Gordon at 6,900. I think that's in this particular matchup. I don't usually gravitate towards Gordon around 7K, but in this particular matchup, I, I like him. I think he has the advantage over Pertans or Avigi or whoever they want to throw at the four. Um, even if Rui was playing, I still like him here. But the only thing about Gordon is he was hurt in the preseason, kind of eased in at the end. Uh, he only played 22 minutes um, in that last preseason game. He didn't. Um, the one, the one thing I want to know is, is he going to get this full workload that I wanted to, to see out of him? Uh, he, he did pretty well in the first game. Um, he is a guy, I think he plays much better as a four than he does as a three. And with no, um, with no Isaac there, he's going to be playing the four. Um, but he played 26 minutes. If he can creep that up, like you mentioned with Foose, if he can creep that up to 32, I'm I'm all over him in this matchup at 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 that price tag. I think you can you can get him, um, but I, mean, I need to find I need to hear a Steve Clifford because Steve Clifford is one of the more reliable coaches when it comes to what he wants to do with his guys before the the game starts. Um, mm-hmm. I want to hear some Cle- Steve Clifford. Yeah, we're gonna get Gordon in the in the 30s because then I'll feel confident with him. If he's staying in the 20s, then then I won't have as much of him as I would like. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's a good call. Uh, let's go on to the the uh, Wizards here. Um, we mentioned the wet Russell Westbrook news. If and we'll just say if he's in, how do you feel? If he's out, are you is Bradley Beal a must turn to? Uh, yeah, I think if he's in, I think he's one of the. I think he's the best tournament play of the slate, just because I, it's pretty difficult to play him and Harden together on a team, and. Um, I think Harden's just going to be uh, massively, massively owned uh, with Russ getting left by the wayside a little bit. So I think you're building really great tournament leverage um, in in all in all formats if you if Russ is in this game. Um, you know, it's not the best matchup for him. You know, the, the Magic are uh, tend to be a, one of the slower one of the slower teams in the league. They're almost always good defensively, sound defensively. But I don't think I really care. You know, um, Russ is, I think Russ is just going to be OKC Russ just this whole season. You know, mm-hmm. Bill, Bill is a guy that has developed into, you know, one of the higher usage guys in the league. But his skill set is also one, I think, that is far more complimentary than a James Harden, where, you know, Bill's, you can get him quite a few catch and shoot opportunities off creation from Russ. Uh, whereas Harden's game just really isn't that anymore. So, yeah, I, I, I Russ is a guy I want to be firing as many times as as much as possible, especially early in the season when you know the the pricing on the stars is, is more condensed. And if he's out, yeah, um, Beal. I was trying to work him in cash builds with Beal. Um, it was a little bit of a tight fit. Um, especially with Shea being basically 1K cheaper. So I don't know if you work him in cash, but I think Beal would easily raise to uh, one of the, the top tournament tournament spends of this league. 
Yeah, for me, I, uh, Russell Westbrook's going to be a triple-double monster again. Uh, back in Scott Brooks's system, back in being the alpha dog. I know Beal is there, but he doesn't command as much of the offense and doesn't com- do what James Harden. James Harden was pretty much OKC. I mean, right. uh, James Harden pretty much is Houston, so or may I might be saying was Houston soon, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Beal is a different guy. He's he played with John Wall a lot, so he's used to playing off the ball and all that stuff, and not having to touch the ball every possession. So um, yeah, if if Westbrook plays, I, I really like him at ten three. Like you said, he's going to be a, a nice pivot off of James Harden, uh, six hundred dollars cheaper. And if Westbrook plays, I I'm not going to play Beal. I, I think he's really great, but I don't think his assist numbers and rebound and in, in his peripheral numbers are going to be where I want them to be, to be paying 93. Uh, and that said, if Westbrook doesn't play, Beal becomes very enticing to me uh, because of the things that I just said. I don't um, I don't think they're going to be there with Westbrook. They should be there without Westbrook. So uh, it's, it's, it'll be a 180 for me if, if Westbrook doesn't play. Maybe I still don't have as much many shears because of that price tag, and there are a few people around there that are pretty good. Uh, but I will definitely have a lot more without Westbrook. And everybody else on this team, um, I think Thomas Bryant is in a pretty solid spot, uh, so I don't mind the 67. I mentioned Aaron Gordon. I would rather have Aaron Gordon in this matchup No, if he plays 30 minutes. Um, yeah. But if not, then I, I lean Thomas Bryant in this matchup. Everyone else here, to me, I don't know about you, is kind of a wait-and-see approach for me. If Bertans doesn't play, then uh, Avigi at 41 or Brown Jr. at 43, give me a lot more of, okay, now I now I like that price tag. If Bertans is in this one, then they're all playing. They're just jumbled in there, and I don't know who I want, so I'd rather pivot off them in it with all these options that I have. Yeah, uh, I, I think the best thing we can say is this is a wait-and-see game. Um, wait, uh, this is check back later, You know, ch- you know, check our Twitter for who's in, who's out, that sort of thing. And, you know, um, I think you called it Denny is squarely in play. If Bertans is out, if he's in, he's a little more thin. Um, so this is this is a wait and see game. We don't we don't have perfect information yet. Nice. All right, man, let's get on uh, to this Philly New York Knicks game. We have the Philly on on the road. The Sixers are eight and a half point favorites. And this game is one of the lower ones at a two fifteen over under. Um, let's. We are we're kind of deep into this podcast already. We we didn't do too many teams. We had that uh, showdown slate that we had to talk about first. So let's try. Let's see if we can do some quick hitters here. How do you yeah. feel about that? Yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, and let's let's uh, first. I got to throw out the injury report. And again, as of this moment, the the uh, injury report or the, the Sixers who have nobody on their injury report. They are known for. Um, player management but they have no one currently on the injury report and the nice. knicks have emmanuel right it's nice to know that for once uh and emmanuel quickly is currently doubtful obi toppin is currently doubtful they don't look like they're going to play austin rivers and omari spellman are out for the knicks uh, starting with the away team and the favorited sixers who do you like here i know joel beats 10-2 obviously isn't a great matchup but can you play him over a uh, harden or westbrook uh, and then we got some uh, Simmons at 97 right there with them. And then we got some value here, but we've seen people move around. Um, but who are you liking here? Yeah, um, this this game just has, wasn't really on my radar. Um, 
researching the slate. Uh, I I think both Simmons. I think Simmons has a slightly better matchup than Embiid does. Not that anyone can really um, stop Embiid, but the <laughs> Knicks do have two pretty solid defensive centers, two two big defensive centers, and Noel and Mitrob that they can throw at him. And um, if I'm paying ten two for Embiid, I'd rather just play Westbrook or play Harden at for a little more expensive. And not, and I think one tournament guy um, that I'm going to be very really interested the whole season is Seth Curry. Um, he played 30 minutes in that first opening game, and uh, I definitely foresee some uh, spiked games from him. Just when he just gets absolutely on fire shooting the ball, and the Sixers are just are going to re- recognize under Maury that. You know, Seth's Seth spacing is just so key to unlocking Simmons and Embiid as an offensive pairing. So I, I think Seth in tournaments, possibly Simmons in tournaments, and that's about it for me. Yeah, um, I'm close with you. I, I'm not too high on this. I, I love the matchup, but or I, I love playing against the Knicks, and they could they could beat them badly. But knowing that Tom Thibodeau's on the other side, he slows down. He's notoriously known for slowing down games, playing grinded out defensive games. Yeah. Uh, so this has the chance to be close to that over under, whereas 215 with one of the lower ones on the slate. So I'm not going to – seeing Embiid at 10-2, like you said, he's on pretty much unguardable, uh, or Simmons at 9-7. I'd rather just take my chance at Westbrook if he's there at 10-3, knowing yep. that – that guy is a triple-double monster going to be this year. Uh, Tobias here is at 6'7". That's not bad for me. I like his matchup here. We might have Kevin Knox starting at, at a power forward with, um, or getting a lot more minutes at power forward, and Julius Randle's not known for his defense either. So I, I, I like some Tobias Harris at 67. If I, I, I Going back to the Aaron Gordon thing, um, if Aaron Gordon is going to, if they say he's not going to hit 30 minutes, then I, I lean Tobias Harris in this one. Uh, if he is, then I'll, I'll take that, spend that extra two hundred. Um, but I also like some. I I love Seth Curry for for uh, what, as you mentioned, and I I don't mind Shake Milton at fifty five either. I think we're going to find a little bit better value here, but I think this is a good matchup for him. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that one out there. Agree. Um, yep. But let's go on to this Knicks side, who is playing the Sixers, who, with Doc Rivers, they're going to be playing hard-nosed defense as well, and, and they were one of the best defensive teams last year. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about this Knicks team? We have, we have Toppin, their, their prized rookie, probably not playing. Uh, we have Emmanuel Quickly, not going to be playing. Austin Rivers hasn't played yet. Uh, but we know Tom Thibodeau likes to run his guys into the ground, and, and they played pretty well last game. So uh, where would you be looking at here? Yeah, uh, this is kind of another avoid spot, similar to the <laughs> Cleveland-Detroit game, where we can, if we choose to dig into this, to into every spot, and you know, we, you can make some justifications for different plays. But um, Philly's defense is going to be—it's going to be one of the better defensive teams in the league. There's just no—I don't—I don't see any real reason to attack it. Uh, the one guy on my list is R.J. Barrett at six point six. You know, he was played thirty nine minutes in typical Thibodeau fashion. You know, I I wouldn't be surprising <laughs> if he's you know thirty six, thirty five, thirty six minutes every night. And if he's going to control the offense, that price tag is just too cheap going forward. Uh, I'm, I'll be looking possibly to get him into my uh, three max pool. 
But outside of that, I'm 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 not interested in anyone on, for this. Yeah, team. and I'm with you. Uh, RJ Barrett, I think that's a really good price tag. I just don't like this full matchup like you. So in, in especially in cash games, I'm not I'm not looking at this game. I'm just going to pass it. Uh, yep. I don't mind. I, I think Noel at 34 is a good price tag, but him and Mitchell Robinson are going against Embiid. So especially Mitch Robinson expects some fouls and foul trouble. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to pass on the Knicks on this game. I, I do like me some Knicks this year, but uh, just go just knowing the matchup, I'm going to pass too. Um, let's go right before we get into our next next game. We have a couple games left. Let me tell. I just want to tell you guys a little bit about our, one of our other presenting sponsors in Manscaped. Uh, so listen up, guys, because we we today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear ear hair trimmer uh, take a look in the mirror and i guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes it's time to keep your your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean shaven pubes uh, manscape is forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker this nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes uh, the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers that might hurt uh, worse than nicking your balls. So Manscaped is making your, whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering the maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Uh, so it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker and get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code HoopBall20. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go whack your weeds. And <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> yeah. Solid, solid read, solid read. <laughs> All right. So now we're into the 8 o'clock games, the Indiana Pacers at the Chicago Bulls. And we have the Indiana Pacers, the five-point favorites on the road, and the over-under is 222. Oh, that was a tongue twister. 222 and a half. Uh, so we have we have some good people on the on, uh, the Indiana side that I'm looking at, but right before right before that, throwing the injury report, Goga Batatse is out. Brian Bowen the second is out. Jeremy Lamb is out, and on the Bulls, Thaddeus Young is out. Let's go right into the the, the Pacers, man. What you look? What are you looking at here? Yeah, so uh, Sabonis and Brogdon ended up being slate winners on the previous slate at really low ownership, and I'm not entirely sure. Um, why they just they they just kind of seem to be always I don't want to say disrespected, but just a little bit underappreciated for how consistent and just how rock solid they are every single slate. Um, for me, I'm looking to get them into cash my cash game pool. Um, unfortunately, because we kind of have to play Harden, they're they're a little bit tough to get into your cash games, but. Uh, in terms of, of just a amazing floor, and you're getting two uh, two lead offense, two of the lead offensive guys on the slate in a really great matchup. Um, yeah, I, I think they're just phenomenal plays. Yeah, and I, I lean Sabonis. I know he's a thousand more, but uh, this matchup is great for him. And the people around his price tag, outside of Shea. 
I like him more than everybody outside of Shea at, at yeah. around his price tag, uh, even going up to Levine. So uh, 8,900, 400 more. So uh, I'm with you on the Sabonis disrespect. And it, he didn't really jump up in pricing, and neither did Brogdon too much from the previous game, which is a weird thing because most of this slate has. So you're right about the disrespect here. Uh, I really like Sabonis, and uh, he he has a lot of of muscle on Laurie Markkinen, who's going to be matched up against him. So I think he's going to get a he's, – he's pretty much a lock for a double-double as, as usual, and and he can assist for a big man. So I like him here as well. Uh, anybody else on this slate outside those two guys that you're – I mean on this team that you're looking at? Yeah, not 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 particularly um, with this Pacers team. Um, if you, we, yeah. we can move on to the Bulls if you're ready. Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm ready, man. Let's do it. Let's do some more quick hitting. And we have the Bulls. Uh, they played poorly in that first game and got blown out by the new-look Hawks. Uh, what do you expect in game two? Um, yeah, I, I really want to jump on the back on the Wendell Carter <laughs> Jr. <laughs> bandwagon. Um, I think this is going to be another team, kind of maybe similar to Cleveland, in that they're just going to want to really rely in on their their kind of their six key guys for their all their shots playmaking and um, just for most of their opportunities um, for one thing i really want to focus on this season is when a cash game quote unquote lock like Wendell Carter Jr just absolutely busts and everyone's mad at him i want to jump i want to jump back on the next slate and he's the only guy on this team who didn't get a really big price bump. And Miles Turner does tend to struggle uh, occasionally with um, some uh, some of the quicker, bigger centers on on defense. So while it's not an amazing matchup, I I think there's a real ownership edge that you, that you can find in tournaments with Wendell Carter. Um, but outside of him, everyone's kind of just too expensive now. Just everyone just got a massive, massive price bump after being uh, the, the the chalky team during that first slate of games. So that's he's about the only guy I'm looking at. Yeah, and um, I'm with you there too. I, I like Wendell Carter Jr. in this matchup. You, you mentioned it; people liked him last game. He did nothing really. Uh, so this is a nice turnaround to bounce back on for. 5100 for him i don't i like kobe white around that price tag uh but then when you look around who else is around that price tag i'm going to get to someone who's a hundred dollars more who i like a lot more so for me i'm, I'm with you I, I think wendell carter jr is not bad i also don't mind taking a look at patrick williams at 4500 if you're if you're around that range i think he's you you mentioned it I think there's six, seven, maybe eight guys, and the eighth guy doesn't play too much in this rotation that are going to get significant minutes. Um, so tight rotation like that, a guy at 4,500 who's in the starting lineup currently, not a bad look for me. Agreed. Um, yeah, let's go right on. Let's. let's I like these quick hitters. Uh, let's go to the Toronto, Rap- or Toronto Raptors or Tampa Bay Raptors, I guess we can call them, against the <laughs> San Antonio Spurs. And the Spurs are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home, and the over-under is 227-and-a-half. On the injury report, we have the Raptors have Patrick McCaw out. Uh, the Spurs have Derek White out and Quandre Witherspoon out. Uh, so let's start on the away team on the Raptors. We got... Um, Siakam at the high mark at 8,200, and then no one really moved too, too much from their, their last, uh, spot, but this is high scoring matchup, a, a good matchup for, for this team. Who are you looking at here? 
Yeah, I really like all these Toronto guys. Um, it's I, I think, for one, the, the line kind of stood out against the Spurs, who are, I think the season-long projection is they're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. But, you know, the Toronto only being two-point favorites, I guess, because they're on the road. But um, there's not, I, I don't know if home court advantage is really all that much of a thing this year in the NBA. So I don't know. Um, but all these price tags are, I think are really, really good. And we saw a very similar rotation that, uh, with Toronto that we saw in the bubble where they just really condensed on their, their key guys. And this team, this is a team that just had a sneakily good overall opportunity increase with Abaka and Marcus leaving. And you replace them with kind of lower usage guys like a Chris Boucher, Boucher who's not going to take many shots, uh, and Aaron Baines, that sort of thing. Um, so I, I think kind of all these guys are in play in tournaments especially. Um, and I, th- I think their price tags are, depending on what your build is, I think you can fit what maybe one or two of them into cash games. Yeah, and I, I like that too. Uh, for me, I think the the biggest values here are uh, Aaron Baines at 42 is a nice value. I think I think you can look at most people. Norman Powell, like you said, uh, most people. Uh, Norman Powell, 48, is good value. I really like OG at 54. I think that's a pretty good value there. Uh, we just mentioned uh, <clears throat> uh, Wendell Carter Jr. at 51. I think they're in similar boat. I like Wendell uh, OG's matchup a little bit better, so that's not bad. Um, and Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, you can always play these guys, but I, I'd lean in Fred Van Vliet this time. He shot the ball very poorly in game one, and it usually he's a guy that um, he, he has off games and on games and off games sometimes. Uh, when his on game is, is on, it's on. I expect um, Lonnie Walker probably guarding him mainly with Murray on Lowry, giving me Van Vliet uh, at 7,300. I mentioned... I think he's a very, very good value here. I think I mentioned uh, Aaron Gordon a few times and, and everybody around that price tag. I'd leave Van Vliet in that in that scenario. Um, I think he's a lot safer, and this is a, a solid matchup too. So um, mm-hmm. he's those are probably my two guys, and, and Aaron Baines if you're looking for value here. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think Aaron Baines is going to have a pretty consistent role uh, just throughout the season, and you know, if you can you can get a starting center at forty two hundred that you know if you if you can rely on twenty five twenty five plus minutes I, that's just really great value. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, if the Spurs try and match size with them and they put in Pirtle in the, in the starting lineup, which we'll get to, uh, Baines can stretch the floor. He showed that last year, so that's a that's another thing. But let's run on to the Spurs side. Um, how, who are you liking here? We have Derek White is still out. Keldon Johnson had a pretty good game that first game. Um, Derek, DeMar DeRozan had a revenge game at 8K. Uh, where are you leaning towards in here? Yeah, this is. I think this is an avoid spot overall. Um, I, I know the Raptors kind of got trucked on that first game against the Pelicans, but I think this is just generally a really good defensive team, great defensive team overall. You know, Aaron Baines is at this point in his career, is, is probably a better anchor than Marc Gasol um, was. So I think they actually probably improved on the defensive end in terms of rim protection. Um, so I'm uh, Deontay Murray is going to be a play for me just, just about every slate. 
especially with Derek White out these first few weeks. But I'm not really all that interested in targeting targeting the Raptors on a nine-game slate. And I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I think the Raptors are a very good defensive team. And there's too much moving pieces on this Spurs team to who's going to hit each night to where I don't want to test my luck against a very good defensive team. If they're playing yep. someone weaker, then I'd be – I like the, some of these guys' price tag. But uh, I'm going to let it be for now as well. Um, let's move on to this next game. We have three games left. Let's see if we can run right through them quickly. We got the Minnesota <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves against the Utah Jazz. We got the, the uh, Wolves plus nine and the over-under – Oh. Big 229 on the injury report. We have Jordan McLaughlin is questionable and Jalen Noel as out. And then on the the Jazz, we have Derek Favors as probable. So most of these guys playing. Uh, me personally, I think the the way the Wolves play is just fantasy gold. So yep. um, people going in against them and going out against them. This is one of the more times where I would look more at the Utah Jazz than I ever do because they're just a slow drag it out team but i'll let you go first with the minnesota timberwolves uh, anybody that sticks out in this matchup for you um i i think i think cat is especially it's the price tag and just the way he was used in that first game was super encouraging just all just about everything was run through him on the offensive end and he showed off his playmaking chops and you know the shot looked really good um i I think he's going to be a guy I want to I'll want to be targeting uh, quite a bit in the future. Um, on this slate, I don't he's not in cash consideration, but I think he's he makes an excellent excellent tournament leverage play. Where Rudy Gobert is obviously an awesome awesome defender, but once you get him away from the rim, he tends to struggle, and he can be he can even he can be played off the court. You know we've seen that in several playoff series, but. And that's kind of where Cat lives. He, he he likes to start in the high post. He likes to start at the three point line, and um, it's going to be a lot of Gobert having to to defend away away from the rim. So I I don't mind him as a tournament pivot off Harden, um, Harden Westbrook those guys as an expensive spend. But outside of that, everyone else is just a little too expensive against the. Uh, it's a pace down spot for the Timberwolves against the Utah Jazz and. Um, I just think there's better spots to attack with everybody else. Yeah, and I'm with you. And <laughs> it just shows how fast the Timberwolves want to play that they're in a pace down spot and the over-under is still 229. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Cat, but not in this, not for 10K on a, on a bigger slate. I And not that I don't think he's worth 10K. I think there is a quite a few center options uh, on this slate that are cheaper priced that I, I can target and still get myself a, a Harden or Westbrook or so, or um, other people around there. Uh, I love, I think cat can blow up in this matchup as well, but um, I don't think his, I don't think it's as likely as some other people around that 10 K. Uh, so I'm going to, for this one, this is funny because I said how much I like the Timberwolves in their matchup, but I'm not going to play too many of them. I didn't play too many of them in the first game. I don't think I'm going to play too many of them in just this game. I just not the matchup is going to slow down for them. Uh, but if I had to throw out one guy on here that I don't mind uh, <clears throat> looking at, Anthony Edwards looked pretty solid at fifty and, and at fifty-two, but um, he's he's another guy I want to keep an eye on. Uh, I. I don't like him too much on this slate. So let's. Uh, I'm. I'm just rambling now. I said let's do quick hitters. Let's go right to the the Utah Jazz. Um, yeah. Um. 
I I think all the reasons we've said that you know, the Timberwolves are going to be a very poor defensive team. They're going to want to push the pace. Um, they got a, a bunch of young, exciting athletes on the wings, and you know they just added a really great playmaking point guard in Rubio. So just overall, I think Minnesota is probably going to be one of the better offensive teams, and they're not going to be able to stop a pinecone, and that's just fantasy gold. Uh, Rudy coming off the 20 and 17 game at 7400 really, really stands out. Um, I'm I'm looking to get him into cash games if I can. Um, it's a little bit difficult with the flexibility issues, and you know we have Christian Wood coming up in the next game. Um, that makes it a little bit difficult, mm-hmm. but um, it's hard to see uh, better point per dollar plays than Gobert at seventy four hundred. Um, Mitchell at eighty four hundred just it just seems a little too expensive. You know it's. One of the better pace up spots Utah is going to see, you know, this season basically. But Shea's at eighty three hundred, and there's a few other guys in this range that I don't know. I I think I guess you can do it in tournaments, but I'm not enthused about it. Yeah, and I for me it's I'm just I'm never too high on playing uh, the the Utah Jazz on bigger slates just because of the way they play. Um, but I don't mind me looking at some uh, Jordan Clarkson at 5,300. I think he's going to take a ton of shots in this one. If they fall, he's he's looking at some solid value. And if you're going for very cheap in a pace-up matchup, Royce O'Neal is starting and he's only 3,600. I think that's a that's a solid throw in there just because he's he's going to be able to rack up some rebounds, a couple assists, some some other stuff, defensive numbers in a slow pace or a fast paced matchup that the Timberwolves are going to try and push on them. And at 3,600, you can't find too many people out there if you're looking for a GPP punt play. Um, but yeah, let's go on to the the next game. And this is this is going to be a fun one with the, the Houston Rockets versus the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, and we have the, the Rockets at plus seven and a half point under or favor or underdogs who um, and the over-under at 226. The Rockets have a lot of people who aren't going to be playing in this one. We have a Chris Clemens out, DeMarcus Cousins out, Eric Gordon out, Mason Jones out, Kenyon Martin Jr. out, Ben McLemore out, and John Wall out. And on the Blazers, we have Nasir Little and Zach Collins out. Uh, let's start with the, the away team in the Rockets. And we have pretty much J- James Harden, Christian Wood, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House. There's going to be six people out in this game so they have probably seven to if they call people up in time nine healthy bodies for this one and you can't imagine the eight and nine playing too much um these guys are going to get a ton of minutes and there's not many mouths to feed on here uh can can you who, who are you like and I, I james harden is obviously in play everywhere and christian wood at 5900 is a steal um is there anybody else you can look at uh yeah there's a few I think the first thing to mention with this is really, really uh, pay attention. You know, watch um, Woj's Woj and Shams's Twitter Twitter feed before lock, um, because that's when we got the news this game got canceled uh, on the first slate. And I don't think that's really all that likely today. But especially this being a later game, um, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if something like that happened again where they had more tests come out or just, you know, something happened with James Harden. So just really be aware that um, of this game and just make sure to stay up on the news. Um, I, I think that's just the the most important thing this season is, 
we're going to have situations um, like we did on Wednesday where, you know, the the game got canceled and all of a sudden everyone had to rework everything. Um, But just this Houston team is just a little bit volatile right now, just in terms of um, late, late projections and um, people getting rolled out late and things of that nature. But going to the actual plays, um, James Harden, this, this has been a rule since you, since we started playing NBA DFS, it's when everyone, when high, other high usage guys are out around James Harden, you just play him and he, he just has an absolutely unreal, um, usage and opportunity and just no one can match his ceiling in spots like these, uh, Christian Wood at 5,900 is this, we were happily paying in the mid seven Ks last March for him. Mm-hmm. And we're just getting a significant discount. Um, it's a tough matchup, you know, Nurkic and they, they got Collins back, but you know, I think it's, I think Wood is in a significantly better offensive position, you know, with Harden as his playmaker and um, a Wood is an excellent lob threat in the pick and roll. You know, I, I think that's just going to be an absolutely gold pairing moving forward. Um, so he, he's, uh, he's just, he's the best value on the slate. And I don't think it's really all that close. Um, Daniel house has a lot of rapport with Harden already. They need the bodies. Uh, they, they need people to take shots. You know, I, I think he's one of the guys Harden will be able to trust. And I think he's actually one of the only guys, um, who actually has some experience playing with Harden in the past. Um, you know, PJ Tucker's still on the team but outside of that i think everyone else is pretty new um so i i think there'll be a level of trust with hard in there and, and i think a pretty easy pathway to 34 minutes to 34 plus minutes for house which is just too cheap at 4700 when we're definitely looking for value and then going down to the punt plays i it's a little bit of guesswork, but I think Sterling Brown at 3,200 is probably your best bet. Um, Brown has had success in the past when given opportunity and minutes. Um, I do think he is an NBA player, um, which I don't think I can say about a lot of the guys that the Rockets are shooting up tonight. So if going, if needing that extra punt play, um, I think George Hill is a better um, just a better overall play than Brown. But if you need another one, if you're looking for just a way to differentiate off Hill, I think I would lean Brown over these other min, min-price 3K guys. Yeah, and he's going to get some shots because there's just nobody on the team as well. Uh, I think he said it perfectly. James Harden, there's nobody to challenge him for any type of usage on this team. If you look, If you just look at the click on Houston, you see Harden, Wall's out, Gordon's out, Wood. And then Cousins out, even Ben McLemore's out. Uh, I'm firing up Harden, and he's looking to get traded. And apparently, no one want, believes in his trade value. Uh, he's going to be trying to exclamation point why he's worth what they're asking for. Uh, so I'm in on Harden and Christian Wood, 5900. There's just what we mentioned, James Harden. There's nobody challenging this guy in the front court. Uh, P.J. Tucker's not looking for touches. Uh, there's no DeMarcus Cousins. John Wall's not going to be taking usage. It's going to be Harden, and then someone else has to do something. And at 5,900, if he was at 777, maybe, maybe I wouldn't be all over him. He's still going to get a ton of usage. But 5,900, they're asking me to play him. And it's a hard matchup. You mentioned it with Nurkic. But this guy's super athletic, and he can easily 
double double in this one and uh, not really have to do much. So 5,900, he's he can easily return value. I think Daniel House at 47 is not bad because they they just need bodies and yeah. he's going to get a ton of run. He's going to play 35. 30 to 40 minutes, I would assume. There's just nobody else. If this, this, unless, unless this game turns uncompetitive. If this game's competitive, these guys are going to be playing as much as they can handle because just out of pure necessity and um, <laughs> with, with how many people they have. So I, I, I think those three guys are definitely in play. And I like the Sterling Brown call at, at 3,200. Uh, if you look, there's really nobody that's there. Jason Tate is another guy who's probably going to play a good amount of minutes, but uh, Brown can, can shoot when he's when he's on. He can he can make some shots there, and uh, they're going to need somebody off the bench to do something, so I don't mind taking a pump play there as well. Um, but let's jump on to Portland, yeah. man. We, we kind of touched upon the Rockets. Can we... What do you expect in Portland going against what seems to be couple starter they have four guys who are who are main parts of the rotation and then a bunch of um empties uh, what, what can you expect right. of portland do you think they're going to keep this game close and if if they don't what where would you be looking at yeah i mean i think portland has a pretty decent shot of just running away with this game um houston just doesn't have has maybe like four actual nba players suiting up tonight but it's also <laughs> james harden so um, I think if you're playing any of these Portland guys, I would look to get them in game stacks with Houston. Um, and I think Nurkic is also at 7K, can be kind of a creative, more balanced uh, tournament build where a lot of people are going to be playing hard and a lot of people are going to be playing Russ. Um, I think that's a pretty interesting way where, you know, if you play like a Rudy Gobert and Nurkic, in your center spots and you fade Christian Wood and maybe you fade Harden on that team. And all of a sudden, I think you're just really incredibly leveraged in um, ownership wise in just about any, any tournament field that you're playing. Um, outside of that though, none of these guys are in, in cash consideration for me. All right. Um, yeah. I, I think Nurkic at seven K and you mentioned it earlier. We had a couple people around, um, that that price tag i love him at 7k he's one of the uh out of the people i mentioned earlier i think he's in a great spot assuming this game can stay close that's a a very good price tag um dame dash he had a not a good not the dame game that you expected out of the first game uh 95 he's he's in play for me just because of the matchup too Uh, so i I don't mind him there outside of that i'm not really looking too too much in this game because it does have that blowout potential and if they start running up the scoreboard again on on the the rockets who have just no depth uh they're gonna they're gonna rest their guys and 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 uh let some of these young guys like harry giles and simons and um derrick jones jr get everybody get a little bit more time gary trent jr so um for me it's it's nurkic maybe some lillard and then um unfortunately i don't know I can't fully trust anybody else. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a tough spot, but I think the way to handle it is if you're playing Portland, I think you want to do you want to do it in a game stack where uh, the game stays competitive, all the Houston value guys crush, and you know Dame and Nurkic and those guys have to play their full complement of minutes. Yeah, that's but that's what we're hoping for. Um, And right before we get to this last game, guys, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement, and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. 
What's the stuff, you ask? It's the bruise letter. Uh, oh, yes, the bruise letter is back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, is writing an e- email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else, too. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in the email newsletter. And you can sign up and get it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. Aaron Bruski, straight to your inbox. Enjoy. And also, um, the fantasy guys, the, the fantasy draft season is over, and you and Bruski 150 uh, your way to a hell of a team. But the season has just begun. The fantasy pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 per month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. Sign up for one month for five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. And we know you'll love it, though, but it's always a nice option to have. The Fantasy Pass is everything you'll need to dominate all year. Updated projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, our newest and coolest feature, uh, the Hoopball Discord server, uh, where you can all hang out with the hoopball pros and around the clock and get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoopball-.com and click on the fantasy pass ad just below the main media wall. Also, if you're into the just DFS, we have the DFS pass for a whopping $1.99 a month. And you can hear Aaron, myself and everybody else on the team, all discord and get all of our uh, layup lines and whatnot uh, for just $1.99 a month. So that's another option as well. But now for the biggest one of them all, let's go to the last game on the slate. Uh, not the biggest one of them all, but <laughs> another game. Uh, let's go on to the slate. And we have the <clears throat> Phoenix Suns against the Sacramento Kings. And the over-under in this one is... Oop, the over-under is 227.5. And, and the Kings are 3.5-point home dogs, as I like to call them. Uh, on the... Injury report, we have a couple people. We just have Abdel Nader and Dario Sarek not playing for the Suns, and Daquan Jeffries and Jabari Parker, uh, doubtful and probable, respectively. So let's go to the Phoenix Suns in what looks like an up-tempo matchup. Uh, We have Devin Booker at 9,800, DeAndre Ina at 81, Chris Paul 75, then no one else over the... uh, In the six, uh, we have Bridges at 61, and then no one else over 5K. Um, So... Can you play anybody in this matchup with knowing that we have this big amount of slate? Yeah, I mean, going through this game last night when I was doing the write-up, um, this is just at first look. This, you know, this is a game you, I think you normally want to target under normal circumstances, but kind of the price tags are just really prohibitive in this game. Um, Booker is nine point eight k, and you know the Sacramento wing defense isn't good, but you know I think that's that price tag is there's just not a lot of ceiling left in that price tag. Um, I think you can say the same thing about Aiton at 8.1 K Chris Paul at 7.5 K. Like I, these, these are kind of all priced to perfection and priced for a ceiling game. And um, I think DK may um, just really uh, compensated for just the expected game environment here. Um, So I, Honestly, no. I I want to target this game. You know, I think the way I may may try to do it is try to build like a, a game stack sort of scenario where um, I'm taking value everywhere else, and then I'm taking the the main cogs from this game. You know, like a Booker Aiton 
and then run it back with like a, a Fox Bagley on the other side, sort of, sort of scenario. But outside of that, um, I, I just think I'm leaning elsewhere on this slate. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you and it's a nice matchup, but looking at the nine game slate and seeing all the price tags, they're priced accordingly. And Devin Booker is um, pretty much priced with Russell Westbrook, who I think's safer if he plays uh, eight. And I, I like him, but at 8,100, I just would rather pay down to go to wood or pay up. If you're really going to be in that spot and go to, um, Carl Anthony Towns, if you had to. I mean, they're both $2,000 differences. Uh, I also don't mind Sabonis right in that same spot. Um, but, yeah, I think everybody is priced accordingly. Aiton, I guess, would be my favorite play of this team. But um, I'm not high on anybody with their price tags, knowing that we have a big, big-time big slate here as well. Um, with that said, man... Well, how do you feel about this Sacramento side? Can can you play most of these guys by themselves? I know you said you if you play some Phoenix, maybe you want to throw in uh, supplement it with some uh, Queens. I mean Kings guys. <laughs> I love doing that. Um, but can you just play them on their own without playing any Suns? Yeah, I, I think their their tags are a little bit better, um, but it's still kind of a little bit of the same thing. You know, Fox is all the way up to eight point seven, Buddy's <laughs> up to seven point one k. Um, just if you kind of think about their expected outcomes and what their ceilings are, you know, that's, um, it's kind of difficult for them to, especially for, in terms of median to play them in cash games at those price tags. And then in terms of ceiling, yeah, you know, if this game environment goes just way off where the game, the total is 240 points ends up being around 240, then yeah, maybe they can get, get to that ceiling. But um, it's kind of similar to the Donovan Mitchell uh, scenario for me with um, Utah. Um, it's just a little too expensive, and I think there's other guys I like a little better. Shea, Shea is $400 less. Um, we're almost certainly playing Harden in just about everything we do. Um, you're not you're saving like maybe about 1500 off Russ, which if Russ plays, I think that's not that big of savings off Russ. Um, the one guy I did like who did really have encouraging usage is Bagley in that first game against uh, the Denver Nuggets. He saw quite a bit of time at the at the five, and Walton uh, trusted him to guard Jokic on quite a few possessions, and that predictably ended in foul trouble for Bagley. But um, I I think the role is going to be there for you know thirty two thirty three minutes a game, and, and the Kings really need to see what they have in Bagley. Uh, and the profile, you know, he took 14, took 14 shots in those 27 minutes and nine rebounds. Um, didn't shoot particularly well, but um, I think there's definitely bone or meat left on the bone with Bagley at still just 5.7K. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm with you for the most part. Again, I the price tags are just higher. Uh, if I'm going to pay 87 for Fox, I'm, I want to go up a little bit higher and get someone – that I know is safer. I like to, especially in cash games and in cash games, I want to be more safe than, than sorry. You don't have to finish first. You just don't have to finish in the back half. Um, but for me, if I'm playing anybody on this team in particular, I'm looking at the front court. You mentioned Bagley 57 is not too bad and they really want him to play. Uh, He might have to play some small ball five because they, the, the Suns play smaller as well, especially with no Sarek. Uh, so that's that's an option. You have Jay Crowder there 
maybe he can't guard Jay Crowder out on the wing. Um, and then Rashawn Holmes and Whiteside, I think they're both pretty decent price tags here at 43 and, or 4K and then 43 uh, respectively. I can't imagine Hassan Whiteside playing too many minutes in this game in particular because Aiton has been shooting more threes lately. Uh, and if he, if he can knock them down, then Whiteside just can't do anything outside of the paint. So there's, he's just going to roam there and give up easy buckets. Uh, so I can see Rashawn Holmes playing, playing more and he can guard anybody, any, uh, at any level of the the floor, especially big man. Uh, so I think he makes for a solid play at 43 and then you have the quote unquote revenge game narrative. Um, so I, I like, I lean him more than Whiteside. Uh, but if I know if, if, if Whiteside's in the rotation at 22 minutes, 4k is a val- easy return for a guy who just gobbles up rebounds and s- tries to block everything. Um, but I, th- I I don't mind. I think Rashawn Holmes is a very good play here. Uh, but that's assuming that you're going. Uh, <clears throat> he's going to be your second center play because I think 1600 knowing with Christian Wood is just a lot safer and a lot more upside there. Yeah, um, he's a. Uh, I think he's just he's definitely in play as a as a tournament tournament leverage off some of these chalkier centers. And um, I think paying down at center in general is just going to be not. Uh, not a not a popular construction. You know, there's Gobert, Nurkic, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Christian Wood is the best player on the slate. Mm-hmm. Um, my boy PJ Washington is center eligible. <laughs> um, oh, that's true. Just, there's there's a, just there's a lot of direction to go at center, and you know a guy like you know Baines is the same price tag who who might garner a little more ownership. Um, so yeah, I like that call. I think I, I think that's I think that works. All right, man. I think we did it here. Uh, that's another edition of Hoopball DFS, and we knocked out a 10-game slate with one of those showdown slates as well, which always takes a little bit more of time because uh, you have to get into every particular person type per se. Uh, so those always take a little bit longer. But I think we did well, and we have uh, we have another stack deck tomorrow. Uh, the, the NBA is just throwing primetime matchups at us, and then everybody else so that's how we're starting this season off with the bang i believe um but i think i think we hit everything that we needed to hit is there anything else you want to say before we head on out of here no um it's an interesting slate just uh, be sure be sure you keep an eye on houston and hopefully we get some beat reports about you know who's expected to take up of those cheaper guys that we don't know a whole lot about like um Tate and Sterling Brown and Nawaba, um, who's kind of projected to really fill in the, that minutes role. Yep, and I agree. It's going to be key on figuring out, just keeping up to date when you get those that news because we're not going to get it till later or close to game time. Uh, so make sure you, you, you're paying attention to that. And on, yeah, on behalf of myself, Santino Cocone, you can follow me on Twitter at Santino Cocone. And Aaron Asmus, you can find him on Twitter at asmus sports that's a-s-m-u-s-s-p-o-r-t-s and that's another edition we will catch you again next week us too and i believe tomorrow we have keith making his regular season debut and uh, mike breaking down the sunday slate so thank you guys for another uh, for joining us and good luck tonight we'll see you again tomorrow
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.